0: Hi, this is Millie, and you're listening to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you'll find the validation and love you've been looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and thanks to my loyal friends. Please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word, and I will put all this in the show notes. Hi everybody. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a good week. Um, there, I have no announcements. I know I haven't really put out a podcast. Um, you guys know I have an autoimmune disorder and sometimes I just can't do things, right? I don't feel well enough. I've had some stressors in my life like everyone else. I know. I know that all of you, the whole world is under stress right now. Um, But I wanted to talk about something that my husband was the one that triggered the idea to make this podcast and it was because he asked me a question that i couldn't answer immediately okay but i'm I, what i want to do with this podcast is kind of work it out <laughs> you know how i always i tell you oh i figured this out during a podcast that's what i kind of want to do here and i want your opinion on this as well Okay. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the narcissist's contradictions, and nothing that they say is makes sense because they're going to tell you the opposite at another point in time. I was making dinner last night. I don't cook very often. Um, I don't know if this comes from my trauma with my mother, but she cooked all the time, so I pretty much never cook. So I hadn't cooked in a long time, and I was chopping onions and peppers. And I was not doing a good job. I'm ashamed, you know. It's like, wow, I'm a 47-year-old woman that can't chop onions, you know. And I said to my husband, you know, my mother never really taught me how to do this correctly. And my husband was like, well, that doesn't make sense. I mean... You are going to marry a Cuban guy, right? My first husband. Wouldn't she want you to know how to cook? I said, a narcissistic mother does not want her daughter to be independent in any way. So she doesn't show you how to cook. She doesn't show you how to do anything so that the child depends on the mother. Um... I and mean, it actually worked. I mean, looking back at my first marriage, um a lot of the times, you know, we would go to their house to eat and then bring food home. I mean, it's not that I couldn't have survived without her, obviously. She's been dead since September and I'm still alive, you know. I haven't taught I didn't talk to her for four years before that, and I'm still alive. Um but it's that idea that they have full control of what you know, what you don't know, what you can do, what you can't do, right? It's that, that control that uh, they want you to be dependent on them. But my my husband still didn't get it. He's like, but didn't she want you to marry a Cuban guy? <laughs> so wouldn't she want you to show you how to make the food for him? And I'm like... That's not how it works with narcissists. It's not straightforward. Yes, there is a handbook as far as how they're going to behave in certain situations. Yes, absolutely, 100%. All of us can say A, B, and C that they're going to do. Like, if you go into contact and all the flying monkeys are going to come out and you're going to hear the smear campaign and they think they're real special, but All of them do it, right? We know that. But there are also things that don't make sense and that it's hard to understand and even harder for someone who didn't experience it to understand. So, you know, I, I think we ended the conversation and he was not satisfied with my answer because in his mind he's like, well, wouldn't she want you to be a good cook for your Cuban husband so you would stay married to the person she wanted. But that's not how narcissists think. Narcissists think selfishly, okay? And that sounds like a selfish thought, but in fact it isn't, right? Because she would be giving me tools to be independent. To be able to, maybe she was thinking, well, if I teach her too much and she'll leave, you know, she'll leave her husband if she doesn't like him. Because I can't imagine that my mother didn't notice because other people did that I didn't belong to my ex-husband. Okay. Friends of mine, after I got divorced, were like, yeah, we didn't see it. We didn't see how you and him were a good match. You're too different. Okay. Um... I recorded a podcast and I never um broadcast it. I never uploaded it because it I don't wanna I don't wanna do an entire podcast. I said a few things I think with too much emotion and I don't like to put all that emotion into the podcast. I mean I do like to put emotion into the podcast, but not if it's regarding my ex. And it was mostly about him. (laughs) But um, a lot of people did notice that he didn't belong with me. That me and him were just too different. I was always outgoing. Um, I made friends easily. He didn't. He was one of those people that was very introverted. And that might sound like, well, that can't be a toxic person because uh narcissism and toxicity you know uh, the person has to be outgoing no not every narcissist is outgoing and he is one of those examples um but anyway i just uh, i just wanted to touch upon that and maybe i will remake that podcast again so What does a narcissistic mother do to their daughter specifically? To make sure that she's dependent on her. Okay? So one of the things was never teaching me to cook. Right? She never taught me to cook. Um, Or even chop a few onions. I mean, it was really embarrassing the way I was doing it. I, I didn't know. I was going by what I have seen on, like cooking shows, and it wasn't really working out. So I realized next time I cook, I have to watch a YouTube video on how to chop onions and peppers, okay? Very embarrassing. Um, it's all a power play. It's a power play. They want you to think that they are the owners of all of the information in the world. I think that statement that I just said puts it into what it is, for real. Deep down, all they want is for everyone, especially the the scapegoat, to think that they know everything that they are God, that they are a doctor. I remember times when I specifically would, because, you know, as you get older, you start to realize one person doesn't own all the information in the world, (laughs) you know? One person doesn't know everything. The most intelligent astronomers, you know, literal, um... Space scientists, you know, rocket scientists, that was the word I was looking for, or the phrase. Literal rocket scientists don't know everything, but your mother wanted you to think she knew everything, okay? So whenever there was any issue at all, they would have the answer whether it was right or wrong, okay, So there were times here and there when I would have, let's say, you know, having anxiety the way that I do. And I'm sure many of you do. I also have health anxiety. So if I had a pain in my chest, like a sharp pain, and I would tell her, her response is, Oh, that's nothing that happens to me all the time. That's just a muscle spasm. You have nothing to worry about. And I would believe her. That that's all it was. That it was a muscle spasm. Granted, it probably was. Okay? I now realize that a lot of the aches and pains that I have now, like those, that same exact sharp pain in my chest, I realize it's just, muscular you know it's not a heart attack I went through a phase where I thought I was having heart attacks like oh my god is this a heart attack and I would you know measure my 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 blood pressure and and start excessively looking at my heart rate and realized you know you're making it worse you're feeding into the panic um So I don't do that anymore. Or I try not to. Let's see. I mean, it's been a while since I've had um, a concern. And where I went into, I'm having a heart attack panic, right? Um, I think part of it is because my father had a heart attack around, well, in his early 50s. And again, I'm not even sure it actually happened. Because... He had supposedly the heart attack and then they went to the doctor days later. Funny enough, that's what happened when my mother died. But anyway, he had the heart attack and days later he went to the doctor and they said he had had a minor heart attack. Um, and to compare it to what happened when my mother died, my mother complained that she couldn't breathe. And days later, my dad was taking her to the doctor. and She died in the car that's the story and that's what I'm going to say because I don't know what really happened. Um, so the mother wants to have full control and and from a young age they make you feel like they're the ones that have the answers to everything and that they know better than you do about your own life. And that's something that we have to work really hard to stop believing. Okay? Because you know what's best for you. And even if you make a mistake, it's your God-given right to make mistakes. Okay? I'm going to give you an example of something else that my mother would do as when I was an adult. A full, full-grown adult going on job interviews. And, um... I was actually at their house and I was at the door and I remembered that one of the interviews I'd gone on and they responded and told me I hadn't gotten the job. And I told her and she goes, oh, I'm glad you didn't get it. You know, she said it, blatantly said it. And I... Didn't know how to react to her slipping because that was a slip, right? They never, the narcissist wants to control you and they want to make you feel bad, but they don't want you to know what they're doing, and that was too obvious, right? She was rooting for me not to get the job. Um, but that's that that story, it was actually not the one I should have told because it doesn't really mi- mix with this, except for. You know, again, just never really, truly ever wanting anything good for you, okay? And thinking they know best, or or not thinking they know best, but they want you to think that they know what's best. So um, one of the things is they become fortune tellers after the fact. So how me it's still around the same time where I'm interviewing and I got the job and I have ergophobia okay and you can look that up later but just quickly I feel the fear of working and I think it has to do with um bad experiences I've had at, at, at jobs but the first one was I was 19 years old my mother took me out of a college that I loved. You know, I loved everything about that place I loved. I loved the location. I loved what it looked like. I loved what it felt like. I loved being there. I had a lot of friends, and my mother couldn't stand it and took me out and made me work full-time That because that was the rule, and that's fine, okay? I understand. Once you turn 18... To tell your kid, well, you have the choice. But I, was never, I wasn't never—I was given a choice. I was given the choice at, at 17, but at 19 the choice was taken away. She pulled me out of college and I had to go to work full time. And that caused me to go into full-blown panic. Because I was not equipped to work. Okay. So anyway, this has caused me to have ergophobia. In which... I have had many jobs that I've gone to one day and quit or gone to for a week and quit because the anxiety is so bad that I cannot, I can't stand it. I can't live with the anxiety because I have a lot of physical symptoms, nausea, shaking, sweating. I can't eat. I, I can't. It gets so bad that I just can't. So, um... It was one of those jobs where I went for a couple of days and I and I quit, right? And my mother said to me, "Oh, I knew that was going to happen." And I remember thinking to myself, "Of course you know it now after the fact." So they do that future for they foretell the future in the future, okay? <laughs> so they tell you what is going to happen, but it already happened. Okay, so in other words, they act like they knew beforehand. If they actually knew beforehand, that would be amazing. But they didn't. Okay, I don't know if this has happened to any one of you, where your mother has said, I knew that was going to happen, you know. She told me when I got divorced also, that um, several of her friends had told her that they didn't see me and my ex together. Like they didn't understand us as a couple. And again, it's after the fact it's like that would have been helpful before I got married. When I told you I was having doubts and you said you can get divorced a day after you get married, but you're getting married. Maybe that's one that would have been helpful to me um, to know that information. But that's because it either didn't happen or did happen. And it's an abuse, right? It's clear in my mind that my mother knew that he was not good for me. As a matter of fact, she said my father said that he wasn't good enough. And and, and I don't want to say that that way, but he's not a good person. Okay, and and if any of you met him, I think you'd understand what I was saying. I wish I could introduce him to you guys so you'd understand and say, no, yeah, we, we get it. <laughs> we understand it. I'm still in awe that he's been married for, what is it, 11 years? It's going to be this month at the end of this month. Um, sometime this month. It'll be 11 years that... They've been married, and I don't understand. I keep asking myself, how is this possible? how How is she still with him? Um. She's toxic, too, okay? And the way she treated my daughter for many years, and, I, and my fighting so that my daughter wouldn't be mistreated was just horrible. Um, I, I wish I would have done more to... Keep her safe, but it's really difficult to prove things like that in court. Um, so, you know, I mean, as far as I know, she didn't beat her, but but she was emotionally abusive towards my daughter. Um, but I still, I still think to myself, how in the hell is? She in this situation with this man, I was with him and they don't change. I know they don't change. So where is the change here? She's the difference, right? She's not me. She's, she's really a tough person. So I'm wondering, you know, I don't know. My husband has my current, my, my husband of almost 15 years, um, has an idea that it's something like, she's financially stable and that she has her own life and he has his, and that's how they're sticking it out. And that may be very well the truth. Okay, well, anyway, back to um, the mother and the full control. So they see things like that. They see things like, I know what's wrong with you. Um, When I was a kid, I... I saw the doctor a few times. I remember going to the doctor. Um, a lot of times she she took care of me at home. And and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like I didn't do that with my daughter. I wasn't going to take my daughter to the doctor for every sniffle, right? Um, but she made me feel as though if she weren't there that i would die and 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 i don't i can't even tell you how she made me feel that way because i don't know how she made me feel that way but i know she did because when i was older and i was having anxiety issues i think that's how i felt like if she wasn't there i would die I'll give you an example. When I was pregnant with my daughter, having anxiety is not good. Um, Well, pregnancy is not good for someone with health anxiety because your body goes through tremendous amount of change when you're pregnant, okay? Starting with nausea and dizziness and all these symptoms. And... It's not a situation that you can get out of. I mean, it is, but I w- I didn't want to get out of the situation because I wanted to have this baby. Um, and I ended up staying at my parents' house for like two months in the beginning of my pregnancy, and I was having panic attacks, and I knew it. It wasn't. The rest of the world thought it was, I was having severe morning sickness, all-day sickness. In fact, it was one big, long panic attack. Just like when I started working at my job, I had a two-week-long panic attack. And without a break, I mean, maybe I did. They say that, you, that that's not possible to have a prolonged panic attack, but... It felt to me like I had no break, you know, zero break. And I decided to go to my parents' house. That that was going to be the solution. If I was with my mother, that I was going to feel better. And guess what happened? In two months, I got worse and worse and worse. And I didn't realize I was getting worse because I was there. I just assumed I was getting worse because I was getting worse. Well, I got so desperate that I called my psychiatrist and he recommended a therapist. Because when you're pregnant, you can't take medication. I mean, you can. Now they know more. This was, you know, early 2000s, 2001, right? End of 2001, early 2002. So I called this therapist and she was already like in her 70s. This little skinny old lady. She was She was my savior. Sorry. I say I don't get emotional, but I do, right? I always do. I say she was my savior. I'm I'm regretful because she passed away, you know, years ago. I mean, she was 20 years ago. She was in her 70s. So she passed away. And I never got to thank her. Because when I, at first appointment, I'm feeling awful. I'm just, I'm shaking, I'm nauseous. I'm just feeling awful. And I'm talking to her and I'm telling her what's going on. And she said, you need to go home right now. So when you leave here, and it was seven o'clock by the time I was leaving, because my husband had gone with me. We had to go to my parents' house, pack a bag, and go home. She goes, you're going to go home today. And the first three days are going to be horrible. After three days, you're going to start to feel better. And I didn't know what it was, but that's exactly what happened. I had three terrible, awful days. And then I started to feel better. She knew instinctively with from experience, maybe she knew about narcissism. She knew about parental control that I needed to be out of my parents' house. And that, that was when I started to feel better. I had an unfortunate incident right when I was going back to work. A week after I was starting to feel normal, like a functioning human, I bled. And I had to stay home again. But this this time around was easier to stay home. It was not as bad as when I was home in the beginning. It, it was better because, you know... I can't even tell you what happened because the doctors couldn't tell me. I don't know if I had a miscarriage or not. Obviously, I have my daughter, but there might have been twins. I don't know the story. Again, when, you, when you're being raised by a narcissist and they're involved in everything in your life, including the doctors that you go to when you're pregnant... Um, you don't know what happened. You know, you don't know what the truth is. So my mother said that the, the gynecologist had pointed out something in the sonogram so that the, like there might have been something, another baby that was, had tried to form and didn't, you know, and that's what happened. But I'll tell you one thing, um... I I can't I can't bank on that being the truth. I did at, at five months of pregnancy switch to a different gynecologist, an an American man in the in New York City, who was only a few blocks away from my job, very convenient to go see him. Um, and he was wonderful. He also saved my life. And my uterus, by the way. Um, but there's the the issue. There's the issue with the control. She she, I I went to her the gynecologist that she went to, and I had had an experience too. I should have not gone to them, with because it was one doctor, but the son was also a gynecologist, so it was both of them in that office, and I went for a checkup, you know, before I was pregnant or anything, I had just gotten married, and I went for a checkup, and the older doctor um, did something very, let's put it this way, I felt dirty when I left. I'm hoping that if he did someone else, that they they reported him because he was he was dirty. Actually, that makes me think that I should look this up on the internet. I'm glad that I said it. And something that I've put in the back of my mind, and and I try not to think about it or remember it. This is, you know, my own brain trying to. Forget something. Um, But... He examined me. For you ladies out there. And the men. You don't have to listen to this. (laughs) Fast forward a little. Um, A gynecological exam is done on the table. The entire time. Even when they do the breast exam. and They do it on the table. Right? This man had me stand up while he was sitting on those little tiny rolling chairs while I was completely naked. All I had on was my little robe, and he examined me that way, and that is not correct, and I know that. And I don't know if anything else happened, and if it did, I, I'm i glad I don't remember, Anyway. <laughs> I should have known better. Again, I'm not I, I don't berate myself for not knowing better anymore. This is it's just the way it is. Um but yeah, complete control. Doctors, right? My doc, my mother chose my um when I had the panic attack when I was working at at my first job, which turned out to be the best job I've ever had, of course, but that's because I chose to stay there. Okay? And I worked there for eight years. And I'm grateful to them. But that's because I chose to stay there. And she never... It's not like she told me I had to work there specifically. It was just, at 19, I was not ready to work in a, in a situation like that. Like... Where adults worked, I was a kid, I was a school kid, and I was thrown into the corporate world. You know it makes sense now. I always felt awful about myself because why did I have this panic attack? why couldn't I handle it? Well, it was natural that I couldn't handle it being in in the you know in a situation where you're you're an adult in a famous Healthcare. In a hospital. And they started our department. Of a famous hospital. Worldwide famous hospital. That's where I was. Working at 19. That's a lot of pressure. For a kid. So. They just want. Full control. They want. To make sure that you do not. Succeed. Right. And that's why she took me out of college. Um, didn't matter because I made sure I got my degree. Whether it wasn't that, from that school because I couldn't afford it. But I still got my my college degree regardless. And she never told me she was proud of me. You know, that's just how it works. They don't do that. But they do things that don't make sense to other people. And it, they don't make sense to us either. Because narcissists have their own way of thinking. And they're going to do things their own way. My mother always had the paranoia, right? I mean, she died and she had whatever she had. Schizophrenia, dementia, um. It was based on paranoia from what i from from the stories I had heard um it was based on you know being attacked followed uh, things like that, so she always had paranoia for some reason she was always paranoid um narcissists tend to be paranoid that's one thing now not all of them, but some of them are paranoid. It's funny because They spend their entire life hurting people and then they're paranoid, too. I mean, you would think that they, you know, if they were paranoid, that they would change their ways so that they wouldn't be paranoid. (laughs) Um, Because if you're a bad person, then you can bet your bottom dollar that someone hates your guts. A lot of people do. Anyway, so they want they want control. They want to control you. They want you to think that without them, you will fall apart. Now, that's not everybody's situation. This is more the covert, narcissistic mother. Some of you had overt, narcissistic mothers, the kind that, you know, would get all dressed up and put makeup on when your boyfriends came over. They probably didn't behave the same way, okay? They probably were more neglectful, right? They didn't care what happened to you and... You know, you're more the, um, if you watch mom, more the mom situation where you were left to your own devices to survive. Um, while the covert ones are the control freaks, the ones that don't let you do anything, that they, they don't let you have a life. They don't let you do anything. Um, those are the ones that, you know, they resemble my mother and a lot of your mothers too. All right. Well, I'm going to stop there because I'm feeling a little bit uneasy and tr- triggered. I hate that word, but it's real. It's a real thing. I understand that. Um, I was watching the TV show The Designated Survivor, which I had no idea was so good. And in the beginning f- in the few episodes... There are scenes that are very reminiscent of September 11th. And I'm from New York. And I was working in Midtown on September 11th. And I was having a cigarette before I went up to work. And there was an airplane that flew that was so close that all me and like two or three other people were like, wow, that airplane is really close. Um, and watching what I was watching on TV totally triggered me. And there was a specific thing that happened that was very close to something that happened to me. And so I know what a trigger is, believe me. I started crying, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. September 11th is something sacred to me. I don't talk about it much. Um, On September 11th, I try to not think about it. Because the more years pass, the more that day hurts. The more it hurts. The more I feel the loss. Even though I don't even live in New York anymore. But that was a tough day. Anyhow. Um, I will say that I got pregnant. I was one of the people that there's some psychological phenomenon about when um something terrible happens that people reevaluate their lives and I didn't want to have a baby, I think, until all of that happened. And I got pregnant two months after and maybe that wasn't the best timing for a pregnancy. But I'm glad I have my daughter, so I can't be sorry about that. So anyway, I'm going to end there. Um, I hope that this was helpful to to help you see the controlling part and the confusing part of a narcissistic mother. Because we never really know what they're thinking or what, what their motivation is for doing and saying what they do and they say. Right? Because it might not make sense to us. And it definitely doesn't make sense to another person. I learned. (laughs) Because I was trying to explain it to him and he just couldn't grasp it. It wasn't an argument. It was just he couldn't understand what I was saying until I finally said, remember, you don't think like a narcissist and neither do I. So it's hard for me to even totally understand what she was doing by not teaching me how to cook. Except That she didn't want me to be independent. But he made a connection that... Still, I I don't know what the answer is. Even talking it through right now. I don't know what the answer is. Why didn't she want me to know how to cook? Even when I was getting married, I don't know. Did she want my marriage to fail and she thought that was the way to do it? Maybe. Who knows what she was thinking. That's the thing. We don't think like narcissists and they have magical thinking and weird thinking. Like they think things that don't exist and they believe that their thinking is correct. And then they act according to their thinking and then want us to understand it. Or we end up confused because we're like, why the heck did this happen? Well, because in her mind, it made sense. But in yours, it will never make sense, and you'll never know what it is. So it's okay to sometimes say, it happened, and that's okay, and I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let that particular thing go, because I can't, I will never know the truth. I will never be inside her brain to know why she did that, and that is okay. Because healing doesn't mean you don't have all the answers. Or you know all the information. Healing is. I'm going to stop my podcast right now. Because I don't want to be. Spend the whole day thinking about narcissism. And my mother. Right? That's healing. That's protecting yourself. Okay? Well I hope that was helpful. I hope I didn't bring you down too much. <laughs> with my stories. Um. And hopefully you'll be able to tell those stories to someone someday and not cry and not get emotional about it. Just be able to say the facts. This is what happened. This is what she did. And I don't know why she did it, right? Because that is the truth. We don't know why. I love you all very much. And I hope that I bring clarity and validation to your healing, okay? So have a wonderful week. I love you. And until next time.